Mixed Signals, my weekly market review, June 4th, 2023. Despite the best efforts of the whining congressional arsonists on both sides, the Biden-McCarthy debt deal cruised comfortably through the House of Representatives and the Senate and straight to Biden's desk for signature yesterday, bringing an end to the whole completely unnecessary psychodrama. Markets had briefly begun repricing the risk of there still being some kind of U.S. government default, even a self-inflicted very short one, but it soon became clear that while the burn-it-all-down crew of politicians might soon try to exact some form of internal revenge on their own ideological traitors who agreed to these compromises, their rather pathetic opposition to the successful package of the deal was ultimately entirely impotent. It's important to realize that, yes, the market did briefly get a bit jittery, but it never really priced in the worst-case debt ceiling scenario. Bringing the whole sorry episode to an end has merely removed a potential catastrophic negative and does not actually add anything new and positive to the macro setup. What it does do is to now allow the focus of investors not to mention that of the authors of weekly financial market reports, to return to proper concerns, such as employment, whether the Fed hikes interest rates on June 14th, and most important, the whole hard landing, inflation conquered at the cost of a meaningful recession, versus soft landing, no recession or a very shallow one. Starting with employment, Earlier last week, it had been announced that the number of unfilled job vacancies had surprisingly risen from 9.7 million in March to 10.1 million in April. Forecasts had been for a decline to 9.4 million. That translated to 1.8 open jobs per unemployed worker in April. Then on Friday, we learned that the US economy created an astonishing 339,000 jobs in May, instead of the expected number of well below 200,000. That is the 14th straight month that payroll numbers have beaten estimates. Plus, the large April gains were revised even higher. The unemployment rate, however, shifted higher to 3.7%, up from 3.4%, reflecting an increase in the number of people who became unemployed in the last 30 days. Hourly wages only rose slightly, implying an increasingly under-control situation in this area. Faced with these mixed signals, the stock market went with the recent path of least resistance and moved nicely higher on Friday in what was a rare across-the-board pop that saw most of the soldiers move forward into battle and not just the generals, as has been the case recently. As for the expectations for the Fed's next interest rate announcement in less than two weeks' time, there's no compelling reason to pause rate hikes at the next Fed meeting. Cleveland Fed Chief Loretta Mester said early last week. The very important right now futures market probability of such a pause at the next meeting swiftly declined as a result, but then swung violently back the other way after multiple other Fed speakers like Governor Philip Jefferson, a centrist who often echoes Chair Jerome Powell's views, proceeded to hint heavily that the Fed would indeed likely skip a June rate hike, but added that the rate lifting cycle was likely not yet over. Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia President Patrick Harker
a voting member of the committee that decides interest rate policy even came right out and said it. We should at least skip this meeting. The probability of no change in rates on June 14th ended the week at 72%, way more than double its reading of just a week ago. Inflation numbers ahead will likely solidify the Fed's next move. In late February and early March, stocks were getting pounded because the February jobs report was a blowout and markets priced in more Fed rate hikes. The terminal rate expectations got as high as 5.625% and stocks dropped hard as they should have. Then Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank failed, soon to be followed by First Republic. Investors priced in a banking crisis and increased chances of a recession hard landing. Turns out neither of those things has happened, at least not yet. Meanwhile, economic data remains really, really resilient. And the first quarter 2023 earnings fell by an awful lot less than had been feared by almost everyone. Combine that with the recent AI euphoria and, by virtue of the pain trade that I outlined in my April 23rd report, you now have a NASDAQ that has ripped higher for six weeks in a row and an S&P 500 that is only a fraction away from being up 20% from its lows of October 2022, which would technically turn it from a bear market to a bull market by the accepted definition. As regular readers will be bored of hearing from me by now, I will caveat the fact that headline indexes are strengthening by pointing out that the price of the average stock in the S&P 500 is actually negative for 2023 versus the index, which is up close to 10%. And that the vast majority of the index's gain comes from five or six stocks out of the 500. But nevertheless, a scenario whereby the other 495 or so stocks start to play catch-up could be very interesting. There are still many troublesome technical analysis concerns and worrying negative divergences, which I continue to outline weekly in Under the Hood. And I'm nowhere near calling the death of the bear. But you cannot help but be impressed with the stock market's recent resilience right now.